Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. For those of you who are listening on the release day in the United States, Happy Thanksgiving. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do so using your favorite podcast software, including Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. I also encourage you to pick up our new Famous Investigator t-shirt at famous.greatdetectives.net. Order before November 29th to ensure your shirt arrives in time for Christmas if you are in the United States. Well now, it is time for this week's episode of Follow Vance. We had two weeks of missing episodes prior to this week. Uh, the original air date on today's episode is November 15th, 1949, and the title is The Little Murder Case. Well, not much doing with your hack tonight, is it, Joe? No, but it's still light. Anyhow, you don't seem too busy either. Traffic's not too heavy. Nobody's beating the lights. Oh, you cops have a cinch. <laughs> Fine cinch. On my feet eight hours a day. <laughs> you at least get to sit down. Sure, but that ain't good either. Hey, I think maybe I got a customer. Oh, awful pretty customer. Well, I'll uh, see you later, Joe. Right, Mac. Yes, ma'am. Where to? Take me down to the end of this block. End of the block. Oh, you're in a hurry, huh? I'll step on it then. No, take your time. Drive as slow as you can. You want to pick up a friend of yours or something, lady? No, I'm not expecting to pick up anybody. Well, then I don't get it. You can walk that distance in less than a minute. Why take a cab? Are you tired? Not so you could notice. Now, look, Johnny, start tooling that wheel. I got time to waste, but I don't want to do it talking to you. Okay, lady. You just want me to drive down to the end of the block, and that's all. That's all, friend. Believe me, that's enough. Drake, I don't think there's anything more we can discuss tonight, is there? Uh, no, no, Mr. Little. Tomorrow's time enough to continue our discussion. I'd like to talk to your Mr. Aiken, if I may, before I leave. By all means. Uh, you'll find him in his office, uh, right through that door and uh, down the corridor. Oh, thank you, thank you. We'll uh, meet tomorrow, then. Definitely. Oh, uh, Mr. Drake, ask my secretary to come in here, will you? Oh, certainly. Thanks. Miss Lawrence, Mr. Little wants you. Yes, sir. Night, Mr. Drake. Good night. Wanted me, Mr. Little? Uh, yes, Miss Lawrence. Uh, come here, please. Yes, sir. You're ready to leave? Yes, I am. I just this minute put on my hat. Well, as you know, I had the combination of the safe changed today. It's locked now. Yes. Locked it myself in the other office a little while ago. But I wrote the new combination down on a piece of paper. Here it is. I'll put it in your bag. Certainly. 
Anything else, Mr. Little? No, no, I don't think so. Except to remind you that there's a lot of money in that safe, and you and I are the only ones that know the combination. I'll take good care of it, Mr. Little. I beg your pardon. Oh, uh, come in, Richard. That Mr. Drake just left my office, Mr. Little. I want to talk to you about him. Uh, In a moment. Uh, Well, Miss Lawrence, I guess that's about all. You can leave if you like. Yes, sir. Good night. Good night. Good night, Dick. Night. I'll see you both in the morning. Good night again. Night. Night. I just want to lock this outside door, Dick. Just a moment. Ah, There. Now, what is it about this Drake? Well, he left the office, sir, but... There's something about him I don't like. Oh, he seemed all right to me. Don't worry about him, Richard. All right. Aren't you leaving for home yet? Well, I have a few things left to clean up, sir. Uh, Oh, my private phone. Probably my wife. Let me know when you're finished with your call, sir. We'll leave together. Good enough. Hello? Hello, Walter. Hmm? What took you so long to answer? I was talking with young Dick Aiken, dear. Uh, what's the trouble? Uh, we just got an invitation to play bridge tonight, and I was wondering whether you'd feel like playing. I promised the Webster's I'd call right back. By all means, I'd love to play. I'll be leaving here soon, dear. Be home within the hour. Good. Goodbye. And goodbye. <sighs> Dick. Dick, is that you in the room with the safe? Hmm. Doesn't answer me. I'd better go see. My safe. It's open. Uh, you, you with the safe, put down that money. Put it down to you. Ah! Ah! You can talk to Mr. Little now, Mr. Markham, but please don't ask him too many questions. He's very sick. Any chance for him to pull through, nurse? Oh, it's too bad. Uh, thank you for your courtesy. I'm glad to cooperate with the district attorney. Thank you. Excuse me, nurse. Mr. Little. Uh, yes? Mr. Little, my name is Markham. I'm the district attorney in this city. Do you know where you are? Yes. In a hospital. Have you any idea who shot you? I couldn't see the man. He was bending over a safe. He's back to me. When I spoke to him, he wheeled and fired. I never saw his face. But the safe was open, and not blasted open. Who knew the combination? Nobody except my secretary, Dorothy Lawrence, and me. She was on her way home. I'm afraid, Mr. Uh, Just one more question, nurse. Mr. Little, your secretary had the combination when she left. Could she have communicated with someone in your office after she left and given him the combination? Yes. Impossible. Mr. Markham, I'll have to ask It's all right, nurse. I'm leaving. My friend Vital Vance is waiting for me outside the door. I won't disturb Mr. Little any further. Thank you. Now, Mr. Little, please relax and try to sleep. I'll stay with you. Well, Markham. He's pretty bad, Vance. I was right in asking you to come down here. This is a mystery that sounds completely baffling. I'm anxious to hear it. I'll give you the details, of course. And I promise you this. It's a mystery you're going to enjoy working on. In that case, I'm anxious to get started. Mr. Markham. Yes, nurse? Mr. Little is dead. Oh. Hmm. I'm awfully sorry to hear that. So am I. Well, Vance, this has become not only a mystery, but also a murder case. In that case, Markham, I'm doubly anxious to get started. (laughs) 
Dotty, listen to me. You've got to believe me. I don't know a thing about Mr. Little's murder. Oh. I was in my own office when I heard the shot. I ran in, and there he was on the floor. Oh, I heard footsteps running down the hall, but I was more interested in seeing what I could do for him. When the police find out about us, Dick, we're in real trouble. Well, what are they going to find out? That you and I work in the same office, that we were engaged, that neither of us had any money. Shall I go on? I can take it from there. That you were the only one that knew the new combination of the safe, and they'll suspect that you slipped it to me before you left the office. They'll have a pretty good case against us, Dick. Sure they will. We've got no alibis that'll stand up. Not against the circumstantial evidence there is against us. I know. Dick, are you sure you... Daddy. I'm sorry. I guess I... Oh, that's probably the police, Dick. If it is, I don't want them to find me here. Hmm. I'm getting up out of this chair and out of here. Don't tell them, Dottie. Don't. Dick, Dick, you can't go out the back way. They may have men planted there. I can't take a chance on having them talk to me now. I've got to get my story down, Pat, first. You handle this, Dottie, please, for me. I'm coming. Just a moment. Yes? Good evening. I'm Philo Vance. May I come in, Miss Lawrence? You're the private investigator? Yes. Please come in. Sit down, if you like. Thank you. Miss Lawrence, I didn't come here with a long list of questions to ask you. I don't work that way. I want you to tell me what you did from the time Mr. Little gave you the combination of his safe until the time you heard he was shot. You sound like a businessman, not an investigator, Vance. I'd like to think that a compliment. It is. Thank you. Vance, Mr. Little gave me the new combination as I was leaving his office. It was written on a slip of paper. I put the paper in my handbag, went down the elevator into the street and took the subway home. When I heard about the shooting, I went to my handbag, and the paper with the combination on it was still there. Mm. Miss Lawrence, how friendly were you with Dick Aiken, Mr. Little's assistant? Why? Well, let's say I'm just curious. In that case... Let's say I'm just stubborn. Mm. Have you seen him since the shooting? No. Has any man been up in this apartment this evening? Of course not. What happened to all those questions you weren't going to ask? The rest of them I'll save for later. That's all for now, Miss Lawrence. I'll walk you to the door. Thank you. You're quite sure no man has been up here in the last few hours? Positive. Why do you ask? That soft chair in the corner. From the indentation on the seat in the back, it's pretty evident that somebody quite big was sitting there. (gasps) And uh, very recently. Good night, Miss Lawrence. Oof. I hurt you, Davy boy? Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe you ought to use a professional manicurist from now on. Huh, Davy boy? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sonny, you can quit now. Pack in. Okay. Where's Fingers? In the next room, I guess. He was around a minute ago. Huh? Hey, Fingers. Here I am. What goes? What goes? Always what goes. I think it's cute. Shut up, you. Fingers, you all ready to blow town? Tomorrow, today, any time, Davy. Well, I just want to know you got your stuff packed, that's all. Uh... What'd you do with the rod I used? What goes? It's in the river. You gonna cut that what goes out? Sure, 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 Davey. I think what goes is cute. Say it some more, Fingers. All right, I'll... <laughs> go ahead, Fingers. Just go ahead and I'll break your arm. You know, Davy, you're awful tough lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
One of these days you're going to get real tough with me. That wouldn't be good. Sure it wouldn't. For you. Well, for you neither. I wouldn't want you to mess around with me. Only I think you're too smart for that. Keep talking. That's what I would do if you got funny with me. I'd keep talking to the cops. That'll learn you to keep your mouth shut. Davy. Hey, Davy, what goes? You should shut up, too. Davy, I didn't mean that. It'll learn you never to even think about talking to the cops. What's the matter with you? What are you looking like that at me for? You sore because I slapped you? Gee, no. I ain't sore. Oh, you ain't done that for so long. Do me a favor, Davy. Slap me just once more. Please. Just to prove you do like me a little. Dottie, this is Dick. Dick, darling, where are you? I hear trains, don't I? You sure do. Why shouldn't you? I'm calling you from the depot. I'm leaving town. No. I got this all figured out, Dottie. You played me for a sucker. You planned that safe robbery. You don't know what you're saying. Don't I? No. What a perfect setup. You leave the office with a combination. I'm still there. And so is some friend of yours hiding in the room where the safe is. You find a way of giving him the combination. Dick, listen to me. You're imagining Oh, am I? Yes. Listen, you knew I'd be blamed. You knew the police would find the connection between you and me. You'd get off easily and I'd be stuck with a robbery rap. Only it's not going to happen, see? I'm getting out of town. You can't do that. If you run away, the police will have something on you. They'll have to find me first and that's not going to be easy. Goodbye. Dick, don't. Going somewhere, Mr. Aiken? What? Well, I was... Who are you? My name is Philo Vance. I went to your hotel to see you, and they pointed you out to me as you were leaving. I followed you here. Why? Principally because you're a suspect in the murder of Walter Little, your employer. I didn't kill him. All you had to do was listen to the phone conversation I just had, and you know I didn't kill him. But you would also know who did. I'm sorry, Mr. Aiken. I did listen to your conversation. Impolite, perhaps, but definitely not impractical. And I did hear you accuse your fiancée, Miss Lawrence... Now, suppose we go down to see District Attorney Markham, where you can accuse her again while I figure out the real reason you tried to skip town. This is District Attorney Markham. The little murder case opened with the killing of Walter Little, manufacturer, after he had surprised his killer in the act of opening a safe. Only two people knew that combination. Little himself and his secretary, Dottie Lawrence. Miss Lawrence was engaged to Dick Aiken, the only person we know of who was in the Little offices when the manufacturer was shot. Vance has brought Dick Aiken to my office, and after a short talk, I agreed to let him go with a warning not to leave town. It is a few minutes later... Markham, you realize how absurd the situation of that safe is. That's the clue to this entire case, if we can ever figure it out. Why don't we try? All right, we'll try. <laughs> First, the facts. That safe had to have been opened by the killer. We know that. It also had to be opened by somebody who knew the combination. We know that, too. We're not doing so badly, apparently. That's two things we know. Unfortunately, the things we know about this case are what make it so confusing. 
We know that the dead man knew the combination and so did his secretary, Miss Lawrence. He definitely gave it to nobody, and she says she didn't. She could be lying. Of course. Your fiancé, Dick Aiken, either thinks that or would like us to think that he thinks that. I'm still not convinced that Aiken and the Lawrence girl didn't do this together. It would have been easy. He was alone in the office with Little. She had previously slipped in the combination. Might as well stop right there, Markham. There was no way for that to be done. We know that Miss Lawrence put the slip of paper in her bag and left the office for home immediately. Little locked the door after her. There were no phone calls and no way for her to communicate with Aiken after she left. What have we found out by detailing what we know on this case, Vance? What's the answer to all this? A very simple answer, Markham, I'm sure. Only, I don't know what it is. You had to bring me back here to Mr. Little's office, Vance. Why? Because this case is completely at a standstill. There's no way something could have been done, but it was done all right. I want to see everything you do. First, Mr. Little handed you a piece of paper with a combination on it. When had he written it? About noon of the day he was killed, as I understand it. Mm. The man came to change the combination, and Mr. Little wrote the new one down for me. Who was in his office at the time, do you know? Several men. They'd come up to bid on some material we needed. One of them I'd never seen before. He was there later, too, and was just leaving when Mr. Little called me in. His name is, um, Drake. But that man might have overheard Mr. Little giving you the combination of the safe. It might have heard him say earlier that he was going to give it to you before you left. Might have. But, Vance, that combination wasn't stolen from me. I had it all the time. When I left here, on the subway, and when I got home. I'd put it in my bag. This same bag you're wearing now over your shoulder? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is beginning to make some sense now. I think I know what happened. You do? Really? Yes. You know why I lied to you last night when you asked if there'd been a man in my apartment? You were trying to protect Mr. Aiken. That was reasonable, even if you did use bad judgment. In selecting Dick to protect? Perhaps. Miss Lawrence, you've been very helpful. I think I know how this whole deal was worked. And I think, too, I'd better do something about proving what I think before it's too late. Oh, sure, sure, I know you. You're Philo Vance, of course. That's right, officer. Listen, were you on duty the evening Mr. Little was shot in his office in that building there? Yeah, of course. Sure, it was I who ran up four flights when I heard the shot. Why? I want to know whether you saw anything ridiculous on the street a little while before you heard the shot. Well, how do you mean, ridiculous? Well, somebody on the roof of an automobile. <laughs> Come now, Mr. Vance. What makes you think that happened? It had to happen. Did you see it? No, but I'll tell you. You might talk to Joey Cates, the cab driver with hacks on this corner. Something funny sure happened to him a little while before the killing. What? You better let him tell you himself. He'll be along any minute now, Mr. Vance. All I gotta tell you it is that it was a funny thing happened to Joey. <laughs> but it wasn't nobody on the roof of his cab. No, sir. <laughs> This dame gets in my cab, Mr. Vance. Yes. And she says, drive to the end of the block. Drive to the end of the block. Did you ever hear anything so screwy? She could have walked it in less than a minute. Go ahead, Joey. This is very interesting. Well, that's all I got to tell you. She got in, she got out at the end of the block, tipped me, and that's all. Only it was funny, a dame riding only a block. Joey, this is very important. A 
murder case might be solved by your answer. Did you see what she was doing in the cab? Did I see? Well, no, I, I didn't, Mr. Vance. I, I didn't notice, of course, but what could she have been doing in my cab in less than a block that would solve a murder case? I'm not sure, Joey, but I certainly wish you had watched. Give me part of the paper, Davy, honey, please, huh? Oh, what for, sonny? You can't read good. Oh, yeah? Don't talk good either. I'll be quiet, I'm reading. Davy, why do your lips move when you read? Who knows? I never watch myself. Now shut up, will you? Then give me part of the paper. Uh, here. Didn't have to shove it at me. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, you got the paper, so shut up. Look at the party gives me classified ads. Who wants to read them? Sonny, look. How would you like to be upstate where I sent fingers? I'll be quiet. Help wanted nail. Hmm, sounds interesting. So let it be interesting to yourself. Davy. Oh, how many times do I have to tell you to shut up? No, Davy, this is important. Okay, what is it? Here, right under where it says personals. It says personals? Hey, you read it. I, I can't see what you mean. It says personals, blonde, who got in my cab on Thursday and rode only one block... Please get in touch with me immediately for your own good. What? I know what happened on that block and why you got in my cab. Give me that paper. Oh. Davey, your lips are moving. I'm moving, too. The guy gives his name and address. Joey Cates, 50 Lincoln Avenue. Well, Joey, you're going to have a caller. Well, he ain't going to be a blonde. It's going to be me. What are you going to do? What can I do? The guy don't give me no choice. He says here he figured out what happened. Well, he wants a cut on that dough we got out of the little job. <laughs> I'll cut him, all right. Boy, that crossed the throat. Davy, it could be a trap. How could it be? Who would know about you and that cab and be able to tie it up to the little job like this? Well, nobody. Oh, sir, this is a McCoy, all right. That cab driver was just too smart... You were too stupid. I did just like you told me. When figures give me the dope, I hired the cab just like you said I should. Uh, I know. I know. <sighs> well, no harm done as long as this guy who was so smart as to figure what we'd done was stupid enough to advertise what he knows. <laughs> an answer to that ad you put in the paper. Oh, wait a minute. Hi. Hi. Hey, what's the idea locking that door? Oh, we don't want to be disturbed, do we, Joey? Let's get this straight. You know what happened the day that dame took that one-block cab ride? Sure. Sure, she leaned out the window, reached up and wrote something on the top of the cab so somebody in one of the buildings could see what it was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about it at all, except that it was screwy for a dame to ride one block. And then I start reading about how the cops can't figure how the guy who killed that Mr. Little got the combination of his safe. And I realized that she probably... They put, they put that knife away. Sure. Only you ain't gonna like where I put it. No, no, don't. You were too smart, fella. You should have just stuck to driving a hack, then maybe I wouldn't have to do this. So say so long to everybody, Joey. You're on the way out. I doubt that. Hey, you. <coughs> oh, a guy who's handy with his hands, huh? 
You should have told me you had company, Joey. Get him, Mr. Vance. But be careful that night. He'll never get a chance to use it. Oh, no. Just to make a liar out of you. Look out. One more ought to do it. Good. And it did. Well, Joey, thank you very much. You risked your life to trap a killer. I'm very much indebted to you. Ah, it wasn't nothing, Mr. Vance. You think this is risking my life? Do you ever try to make time in traffic in a taxi cab? That's really risking your life. Now, tell me, will you, what this was all about? I'll tell you, Joey, just as soon as I tell our friend, the district attorney. Markham, you had your men pick up a fellow named Fingers Reedy, didn't you? Yes, we picked him up upstate on information supplied by a girl named Sonny Bruner. I still don't know how you found out her address. I coaxed our friend Davy to give it to me. At the same time, I coaxed a confession out of him. That wasn't difficult. He confessed to the cab driver in his room when he went to kill Joey because of that advertisement I planted in the papers. Now that we have all three members of the gang, please tell me exactly what happened, will you, Vance? Of course I will. That's half the fun in a case. First, Davy knew that Mr. Little kept a lot of money in his safe. So, the afternoon of the killing, he went up there, presumably as a bidder for some materials, but actually to look around. I follow that. He heard a man from the company tell Mr. Little the combination had been changed. Saw Little write down the new combination and heard him remark that he would give it to his secretary just before she went home. Then our friend Davy left. That's correct. He came back later, of course. But he left then and got that pickpocket, Fingers Reedy, on the telephone. Uh-huh. He described Miss Lawrence to Fingers, told him to get on the same elevator with her when she left the office, get a slip of paper out of her handbag, memorize the numbers on it, and then return it to the bag. Which Fingers did. Which Fingers did, and promptly gave those figures to Sonny Bruner, Davy's girlfriend. Sonny took your friend Joe's cab then, wrote the combination which Fingers had given her with a piece of chalk on the roof of the cab while it was riding. Davy never really left the little offices. He left Aiken and hid in the room with the safe, looked out the window, saw the figures, and went to work on the safe. That's exactly what happened, Markham. Apparently, he made some noise. Mr. Little came into the office where the safe was, and Davy shot him. And that's all there is to it. Awfully complicated, wasn't it, Vance? It seemed to be. We got to the middle of this case without finding out much of anything we could use. What happened in the middle isn't important, of course, in view of the fact that we were successful at the end of the little murder case.
Welcome back. Well, the method of committing the safe burglary is clever in theory, but it's just not practical. I mean, you take a cab to the end of the block, and in that time, you write the combination on the roof. The cab is moving. I mean, presumably, it's not moving too quickly. It seems like there had to be an easier way for fingers to get the combination to the guy opening the safe. But they did what they did, I guess. And Philo Vance captured the criminals with the powerful tool of dumb luck because they were relying on the criminals seeing the classified ad and responding to it rather than fleeing town. I do find myself curious when detectives have these plans that rely on people seeing a classified ad. I grew up when newspapers were more of a thing than they are today, but the only reason I would check a section of the classifieds was if I was looking for something specifically. Of course, in the... Uh, Sherlock Holmes stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Holmes was known for reading the agony column, which was the equivalent of the sort of personal ad that Vance placed in this story. Was that something that people tended to do a lot of? Listening to this from a 21st century perspective, it seems like a real shot in the dark. But if, say, you know, one in three or one in four people tended to read these sections of the newspaper, it might make a bit more sense. I also thought that this is a case where a good official police department would kind of take over in trying to figure out, well, who was this blonde woman that rode in the cab and how they would find that. You know, it got me thinking, you know, how would Sergeant Friday solve this? And how would he react to the world to follow in? And then I realized I was going to get into writing a fanfic, so I pull back. But I think the real life stories of how the police start with these bare bones clues and are able to build a case from it are a bit more interesting. And that was definitely where listeners' tastes were headed in 1949. Alright, well now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Christine, Patreon supporter since November 2018, currently supporting us at the shameless level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support. And that will do it for today. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do so using your favorite podcast software, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance, but coming up to Tomorrow, listen to yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... The editor? The editor. You're kidding. I wish you salesmen would think of a new approach. I'm just a little weary excusing the fact that I'm not a grizzled old character who drinks ink in his coffee. Miss Lacey... And I've got all the printing supplies I need. I'm sorry. Perhaps the next time you pass through... I'm here to talk about a news item, Miss Lacey. Which item? This one. Well, what about it? Well, it says that there are some rather peculiar circumstances. Uh, quote... Surrounding the recent death of Palmer's most famous citizen, Miss Sarah Deering. These circumstances were discovered by the Palmer News and brought to the attention of, as of this writing, Sheriff Cox has chosen to ignore the evidence submitted by the news. Why? 
Unquote. You write that? Yes. And uh, you submitted the evidence to Sheriff Cox? Yes, I did. What sort of evidence, Miss Lacey? I'm not sure that's any of your business, Mr... Dollar. Johnny Dollar. My credentials. Oh, insurance investigator. For federal life. They insured Sarah Deering? For $100,000. Who's the beneficiary, Mr. Dollar? Her estate. The executor hasn't contacted my company as yet. In fact, we don't know who he is or where to reach him. Hmm. 100000 you said. Just waiting to be claimed. And that would explain why she was killed. What did you say? Sarah Deering was murdered, Mr. Dollar. I'm almost positive on it. You better explain, Miss Lacey. Well, as you know, Sarah Deering was burned to death in her bed. At least that's what the county coroner certified. Accidental death due to fire of unknown origin. But you disagree. And I'll show you why. I found this in the ruins of her bedroom. A medicine bottle. Mm-hmm. The label was burnt off. What's this stuff caked in the bottom? Well, Pete, the local pharmacist, analyzed it for me. It's what's left of a very powerful sedative. Is this the evidence you submitted to the sheriff? Mm-hmm. And he said it wasn't anything to be concerned about. Now, listen, Mr. Dollar. The stuff in this bottle can only be purchased by prescription. And it wasn't purchased here in Palma. So? So I think those two men brought it. I think they drugged Sarah Deering and then rigged up some kind of contraption that would start a fire in her bedroom after they got out of town. Hey, I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box 13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.